everyone is in the business of their own labor. And so each one of them then are seen as vendors instead of employees. And so that gives them ownership into their own time, uh, into their own values, so that they take more ownership of the role that they're doing at the Cupcake Collection. Hey everyone, I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. On every normal episode, you hear me talk about building your playbook. Well, we actually have an event every year called Playbook over at Trainual, and this session is a clip from Playbook 2022. That's our annual event at Trainual, and it features some of the top business leaders in the world. So we've reformatted these sessions for the podcast so that you can enjoy them wherever you are, totally free. This session is hosted by Jonathan Ronzio, Trainual's CMO, and my brother. Okay, everybody, welcome back from lunch. It's Playbook 2022. I am Trainual CMO, Jonathan Ronzio, and excited to welcome you back. I hope that you all got something good to eat. Or if you're not on our current time zone, maybe you got a snack, maybe you went for a walk, you stretched, you got some work done, you talked to your, your partner, you played with your dog, whatever you did, I hope it was refreshing and you're back and ready to learn. We've got an awesome session coming up. This one's called Cooking Up a Winning Company Culture. And it's with two pretty incredible people. We've got um, the CEO and founder of the Cupcake Collection with Francois, um, or Mignon Francois, sorry. And we've got Natalie Dow. Welcome, Natalie, who's the director of people over at Liquid Death. All right, Hello. Natalie, Mignon, you're both on. Welcome to Playbook 2022. Hello. Okay, I regret to say that I didn't have a cupcake for lunch. Um, <laughs> very sorry about that, but I do have a can of Liquid Death here. I want to be nice. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> that I will be enjoying in this interview. Cool. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about this because obviously brand affects culture, and you both have very different brands. You're both in um, different spaces. It's it's of course like food and beverage, but at the same time, one's uh, more you know brick and mortar. One's more direct to consumer. One is uh, literally it goes by the message "murder your thirst" and uh, Mignon. You are the director of joy you like to say, right? So uh, I'm excited to play off the duality here and how it affects how we build our, our company cultures and, uh, uh, you know, informs our hiring pipeline and all of that. But Mignon, uh, is there anything you would like to say to in better introduce yourself or your business to our audience here? Yeah, so I am the founder and CEO of the Cupcake Collection. We are uh, voted as the best cake in Tennessee and in Louisiana, only because those are the only two states where our cupcake companies exist. We are on a trajectory to spread our joy across the South in places where our culture has been historically enslaved, teaching entrepreneurship and ownership in those spaces. That's beautiful. I'm excited to explore that a little bit more. <laughs> and Natalie? Hi. Um, I just realized it seems like I have full bars, but my connection might be a little unstable. Let me know if I am just not being heard. Um, but my name is Natalie. Um, I'm director of people here at Liquid Death. Um, I'm actually a founding team member. So I've been with us since like, you know, the very beginning. Um, I was managing all operations at the beginning. Now I transitioned more into the HR side. 
But uh, Liquid Death as a company is basically one of the fastest growing non-alk brands. Um, started off by two founders here in LA. Uh, we basically sell water, as you can see, in infinitely recyclable cans. Uh, they're tall boys, so it looks like something else. Um, but we're trying to make you know, a somewhat unhealthy uh, environment more healthy by marketing it in a fun, strategic, you know, wackadoo kind of way. Um, and along with that comes our culture and brand and all that. Um, and we're available, you know, not nationwide in Whole Foods, 7-Eleven, Target, Kroger, Walmart, you name it, we're there. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to make drinking water cool. It's that simple. <laughs> As you should. That's awesome. Um, I, I, it's funny that you said looks like something else because I've often had like, whether it's liquid death or like, you know, there's an explosion of sparkling waters and non-alk beverages. Right. And I've been in the car thinking like, man, I feel bad for cops these days trying to police, like drinking and driving and like seeing like, what are, what do you have? Right. Um, yeah, it's actually happened before, I'm uh, sure, it, but they end up loving us. We end up sending them cases. So it all just works out. For both that's that's yeah. great. Um, awesome. Well, Mignon, I have read um, that you turned $5 into a cupcake empire. I've turned $5 into a cupcake, but not an empire. So I'm, I'm curious, let's start there. Like I, you, you were starting things in your living room, right? With just a few bucks. And then you've scaled it to now uh, having two locations with the intent to continue to scale and franchise. Um, but what about those like early days with a few bucks and a dream and, and some flour and sugar? Yeah, it wasn't a dream to start a cupcake place. I would say that we were hungry. We were drowning in debt and brokenness. We, I just wanted field trip money for my children. This was what the man on the radio was saying that you could do to get out of debt. You could have a bake sale or you could have a garage sale. One problem, we sold everything we had to get to Nashville. So now I guess I've got to have a bake sale. Well, there's a problem there. I don't know how to bake, not even out of a box. This is where every stupid thing that you've ever had to do comes back to serve you. I had studied science in college. I wanted to be a surgeon. I had planned to be a doctor, but I couldn't apply the science to the human body. So I was in danger of flunking out um, and losing my scholarships. But 17 years later in my kitchen, in what has become a destination in Nashville, I was able to marry science and have an aha moment with some ingredients that let me know this is what they meant by chemistry and chemical reactions. And from there, I've been able to create an award-winning recipe, proving that you don't have to have knowledge of the industry. You don't have to have credit. You don't have to have lots of experience or money. All you have to have is a drive and a passion to get you from where you are to where it is you want to be. And when you're hungry, that's all the passion that you need. I love that. What an analogy. How, how do you apply the, that like same analogy around chemistry and connection to find that like magic moment for your product to your team, right? Once you had something that you could start to really scale, like what about chemistry and connection with the people? That is so good. Every day we have a huddle in the morning where we spend time 
um, praying together before we open up our store. That's the way we choose to do it. And we always say we would never have chosen to be together. We believe that we were we were strategically aligned to be together or to be placed divinely together. And so one of the things that I do with my team when they come aboard is have them learn, if they don't already know, the meaning of their name. Because I believe your purpose is hidden somewhere in what your name means. In addition to that, I'm getting all kinds of personality testing on them. Like, what is your Enneagram number? What, you know, what are your top five strengths? And so I'm investing in my team so they, that they really know themselves. And the more you know yourself, the more you can authentically show up into a room. And when you know who you are, you can walk into any room and just own it. And that is what's making our team gel is because we each know where those strong suits are for each other. It's a way to celebrate the good or the best of each other. While at the same time, when we see people that may be lagging in a space, we might know they're going through something. And so knowing those different pieces without having to know like your specific personal issues allows a team to work better together. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, of course, tra Trainual is a like a tool for creating step-by-step -step training instruction manuals. One of the earliest things I did when we were starting to add more people to the team was write an instruction manual for me. I wrote like the CMO operating manual and, and everybody now, you know, gets that. And it's like, well, here's my 16 personality results. And here's like what my wife says about working with me and like all that kind of candid stuff for, you know, so everybody has, has better success in building a relationship. Right. That, that's so good. Um, Natalie. So what, what number employee were you at liquid death? I was actually the second, uh, if you were to look at our books and all that, but yes, it's been a wild ride. All right. So from second employee to how many do you have now? We have around 150 at this point um, and we're distributed nationwide. So uh, we had hyper growth in COVID, um, onboarded remote, working remote, all the above. Um, we actually had a team of out of like 12 before COVID. And then in COVID, we kind of just had like, that, you know, like rocket ship. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's been really interesting working in this new hybrid workforce. Uh, we actually do have an HQ in LA, uh, but everybody, that's kind of a benefit. If you're around the area, you can come by, um, but it's not required. We kind of just, we trust everybody in our company to do what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar model. We've got our company hub in Scottsdale, Arizona, but we're dispersed all over the, the country and the world. But yeah. like 50, 60 percent of our people are are here and they can come and go as they please. For sure. Um, so what what traditions or, you know, Mignon talked about the what they do every single morning as a team. Like yeah. what rituals did you have as an early team that have persisted through to now the scale that you're at? Yeah, um, I mean, much like our brand, we're all little, you know, rebellious in our own ways. So we worked in like agencies, uh, we worked at, you know, Fortune 500 companies. So we've had that corporate like experience. Um, we kind of wanted to, you know, get rid of everything, get rid of the bureaucracy, get rid of the ladder climbing um, and wanted to just make this an open environment that worked best for us. Uh, we would have standups in the beginning, but if it wasn't working, we would just be like, you know, let's that, throw that out the window, whatever. Um, and 
in the beginning of the days, we would just get together. We'd all sit. We basically started off in a closet. Um, so we would all sit with each other and chat about whatever would come up in the morning. If you needed to chat and like take a second, a break to do all the things and do it. And we kind of fell into this routine of like, you know, at 1030 or 11, uh, going to a coffee shop together and naturally just talking about work or personal things. And I think that evolution of like, trusting in everybody to make cool yeah. things happen just evolved into that team environment. Um, obviously it's much different now, but that was kind of uh, where our values were in the beginning. We wanted to get rid of everything that kind of we've had in the past and have a little bit of a refresher. And that was it. I think it was our coffee walks. <laughs> how soon, how soon did you write down and like solidify the core values that like, you know, would define liquid death? Yeah, this is actually, I mean, for any business owner out there, anybody that's starting a company, of course, um, Mignana, I'm sure you went through this. It's hard to solidify this as a leader because you kind of have to get to know everybody and culture creates itself. You don't create it. Uh, it's not something that you can write top down. You got to work bottom up. So it took us a really long time to be quite honest. Um, Almost, I think a year in, uh, we were getting to know everybody, how we worked with each other. Um, and then that's where our company values kind of evolved into what they are today. I'd say top two things for us is um, kindness, oddly enough. Um, second off, it's, uh, you know, acting like an owner, just because you are an owner, quite frankly, of the company, if you have equity. And then also on top of that, um, you know, you start your own projects in a startup like environment. Why not own it as if it's like your your baby within this company type setting? Um, yeah. And then the kindness part, like it's insane because people have this stereotype of us being like complete badasses in this like PG world. And we are sure, whatever. Um, but we're all super nerds, weirdos. Uh, and, you know, we are super kind. Like this is the reason why we decided to toss everything that's like very corporate like out the window. Uh, we just saw that there were some things happening that we didn't want to be involved in. Um, and deep down inside, we're all super kind people. We help each other out when we can. Um, and, you know, just really talk to each other as if we're like ourselves versus in an office type setting. Yeah. Kindness is not an odd value to have. I think that's, yeah. that's great. It's, uh, I think too many people think it's like unspoken and that it's just like kindness should be table stakes, but like you, you do have to sometimes say like, nope, that's, that's necessary. That's yeah. right. Right. Um, sure. Mignon, do you have documented core values? Yeah. So what, I, I love that she said, you know, act like an owner because you actually are an owner. And that's something that I teach my team at the Cupcake Collection. Everyone is in the business of their own labor. And so each one of them then are seen as vendors instead of employees. And so that gives them ownership into their own time, uh, into their own values so that they take more ownership of the role that they're doing at the Cupcake Collection. So even though they may only have one customer, the cupcake collection, it's still their job and they show it's still their company. So they show up to that company to serve the client, the cupcake collection by being the cashier. I don't know. That means that they handle the inventory of their client, a cupcake firm or, you know, uh, someone who does the social media handles the social media of their client 
the cupcake collection. And so they are responsible for their hours and their time and they take serious ownership in that. If we were to talk about what our core values are though, we take it from the shape of our cupcakes. So if you see our logo has swirls, the actual um, act of putting the frosting on top is a swirling motion. And so our core values are represented by circle. It's an acronym. And so we celebrate all of life's accomplishments. We believe that cake takes you back to a place in time where somebody saw you. You have to sit down for cake. Someone has to make time for cake to make the cake that you love and to say, you know, whether it was a good day or whether it was a bad day, cake just lifts your spirit. Cake is my favorite dessert if you haven't been able to tell. But we want to celebrate everything. And that is from birthdays to divorces. I've had people come into the bakery to say, I am free and we are eating cupcakes for that. <laughs> so it's celebrate. We believe in moving with integrity. That means we're going to do what's right because it's right every single time. We want to respect ourselves and each other. We are going to be about our community. We want to pour back into the community, not just take from it. We want to operate from a system of leadership where each one of our team members is growing and climbing to the place that they want to be. Because this is my dream, but we also want to invest in their dream. So we're making leaders out of each team member, because we believe that that's the greatest way to multiply. And so if you just want to have addition, you go get some followers. But if you want to multiply, you go get leaders and you also get their followers. Does that make sense? And then with excellence is the last E. That's fantastic. Yeah, we get some comments here. Mic drop moment. Love it. Um, I totally agree. Cake is a spirit lifter. Um, I, I'm just going to drop this for you because I'm not going to bring this idea to life. But if you haven't entered the sympathy market, my wife, former competitive figure skater, lost a competition. I baked her a cake and wrote with frosting, it's cake." Oh! <laughs> so please, please like bring that to life. Have a whole it's cake line uh, of, of I cups. love cupcakes. it. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here. That I could have. It. Yeah, you can run with it. Oh, that's great. Um, Natalie. Yep. When you said you started in operations. Yeah. Right. But now you're director of people. Um, I'm curious, like what your journey looked like as the company was growing and at what point you as a team decided like, oh, we need somebody who's really in charge of the people experience here. For us, we had 15 employees when we hired our head of people. Um, so I'm curious where your company stage was at when you made that transition and why? Yeah. Um, so it was really all hands on deck in the beginning, as everybody probably knows in a startup environment. Um, I was doing everything from dropping off cases to agencies to like uh, doing our LTL forms and supply chain, uh, everything really like our website. Um, the one thing that I found resonated with everybody is that everybody was starting to confide in me. <laughs> um, there was this level of trust that happened over time. And that doesn't just like happen once you get a title. Um, this is what we believe, at least. Um, it was over time that like I was just getting along with all everybody in our company um, from like, you know, four people to 12 to 30 to 50. Uh, with that being said, our founders were like, Nat, 
you're great at talking to everybody and you know you know you're learning all the compliancy you're learning everything in the hr realm and you know the operations behind it all why don't you take this role um and previously to this i actually did nothing close to hr just to let everybody know. Um, so I I worked at Levi's corporate prior um, and then beyond that at General Assembly in tech. Um, what I will say about all that is, you know, you're, you work in so many different departments in product development, marketing, uh, sales, everything. It really helps you put yourself in those people's shoes um, and you're able to just relate to them over time. With that being said, I think that really helped me evolve into being, you know, our director of people and where we're currently at um, and how we hire as well. So, um, yeah, it just kind of evolved in that direction because people started confiding in me. And then obviously I'm a very process oriented person. I love learning new things. And what I will say, like a piece of advice for anybody that is going to hire anyone is, um, you know, take a chance and hire on potential of like what you see in that person because do we ever really know what we're going to do when we graduate college or you know get a degree in something you kind of figure that out as you continue to like learn new skills um and you excel at one thing versus the other this happened to be the one thing that i excelled at uh people compliancy employment law um it just I know it seems a little boring to some, but you can take what you know, um, get really elite at the, the position, learn from your mentors, obviously, uh, but then make it your own. Um, this is kind of like the rebelliousness that we see in everybody. Um, this new generation that we have too, that's coming in, like we all know what existed in past. Uh, the common thing in HR is like, HR is always on the company side, Let's shift that. Let's get rid of that system. Look, like stay compliant, of course. Uh, don't hurt anybody. Uh, don't offend anybody, of course, as well in this environment. But take care of both sides. Uh, you, everybody can do that, and it's about time that we kind of shift that mindset. You know, um, and that's kind of that's what we're doing here, at liquid death. And those are my beliefs, my theory. I think that's great advice. I am mm -hmm. also a firm believer. Um, I love prioritizing talent over title when looking for somebody for a position. I, th yeah. I think that so many of us will never have a straight line that makes sense to what we're doing. I know mine does not. Um, yeah. And I, and I value that I, I value and, and we all should the diverse perspectives that come from not the straight line corporate ladder that, that you might see. So typically M Mignon, are you at the helm of hiring and um, really like, you know, building the pipeline and interviewing and managing the, the people that are coming in to help continue to shape your culture? Or do you have somebody on your team that is doing that? Yes, I just transitioned out of that role. And it's been the greatest thing for me because I love everyone and would say yes to everybody. And I think um, that the best place for me in the company to be is cranking out ideas and going out and telling other people what they can do if they believe. I, I believe I have a team that is a lot better at running this as a corporation and as a business better than me because I'm just their mom. 
<laughs> that had a great idea. And I believe they'll be able to take it further than I can. And so one of the things that a personality like me has learned is that, you know, I tend to hire people that are just like me. And that's not the best thing for creativity for your brand or trying to make sure that all of your bases are covered. And so I sourced that out to someone else who could do it better. There's always a time for that. You will always reach a point when you, you need to find somebody that can do it better, right? So yes. that's, that's awesome. Um, when you were opening up that second location, did you find it to be a challenge to like basically take the way your team, um, I guess, worked together? not just worked, I don't want to focus solely on like the SOPs and stuff like that, right? But like the way their team worked together, the culture connection piece and replicate well, what, that in the new spot. What we did was we brought them here. We brought all of those people who were going to be a part of our team. We brought them to Nashville and just kept them here for about a month while they learned our way. And we still bring them back, have them close down and come back and spend time with us at the flagship store so that they can learn about what we're doing. Because a lot of times we put ourselves into our customer shoes and sometimes we can be um, a sort of like accused of spending our customers money for them and that's not what that's not what they're asking for us to do they're asking for us to give them a service and that being a service that has value in it and that i would think was the biggest thing to cross over culturally because we were going into a city where it's like when you go to New York, if you can make it there, you know, on Broadway, it's like you can make it anywhere. And we're going into a foodie town bringing food in. Well, I'm from New Orleans. And so I know that others may only eat to live, but in New Orleans, we live to eat. And I thought that was going to be a simple thing to communicate. But in New Orleans, you have a huge culture and society of people who don't need you to do it for them. It's like everybody's grandmother has a recipe for something really good that is worthy of being in a grocery store or in a chain. And just the fact of being respectful of, let me help you get this done, is different from the culture of Nashville. Well, who can do this for me best? And I think that that was the harder thing for us to try to figure out. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah. And that's, that's a super interesting point about the fact that like you go into New Orleans and, and everybody and their grandmother has something that's worth being on the shelves. Right. Yeah. And because Natalie, in the case of liquid death, like uh, how much more commodity do you get than water? Right. But, yeah. but like <laughs> people are buying liquid death water because of the way you show up and the way that your team you know, the attitude and the, and the mission and the brand and all of that. Right. Um, yeah. how, how do you communicate that to new hires at your stage? Right. When you have this many people, how do you get the new people as bought in to the brand differentiation and what's at the heart of your culture as the early team? I mean, that's another thing you can't really have everybody buy into. It's just gotta exist. You know, um, you can teach a skill set, but you can't teach passion. Uh, the passion of the brand comes from, you know, just our 
want to create new fun things, you know, and this is at the core root of all of us. We're all creatives at heart uh, and we live it through in the brand. Um, so we always, you know, go back to our values, but we're like, instead of like pushing that out into the universe and like pushing it on people that are applying, why don't we just live out our values through social, through, you know, Instagram, TikTok, um, our marketing and our campaigns to get everybody super stoked about the brand. Um, and that's just us. Like we're not doing it for anybody really. We just think personally it's pretty funny. Um, and it's great and it's humorous, a little dark, uh, but it gets everybody super amped up. And I love to hire people that have that passion, that natural passion. Um, and then, you know, experience, of course, too, um, involved. Uh, but I also do look for that third factor of like, what is that potential in this person that they could be really great at given their experience in grit, you know? Um, yeah. So to answer that question, I do not push this on anybody. People love us for who we are. Um, and that's what I look for. It's like, what is that natural passion that comes through? And when, when you're talking about employee advocacy on social, is that something that's like um, inside of like your social media team and your marketing campaigns or, or like, what are you doing to get everybody in, you know, your company to like actively talk about your company? We don't do any of that. It's just like the content that we produce is just funny and uh, hilarious. And we are happy to represent it because of the actual content that exists um i don't know we just hired you know a water boy um for example for when he's actually you know given that hundred thousand dollars to be an employee for us an ambassador while you know nfl the entire season starts um and we filmed this entire bit for it and uh he actually people everybody had to try out um and one person won and it was pretty great because everybody focuses, you know, on the primary person, uh, the players. Uh, we wanted to focus on the underdog, uh, the the water boy. And so that's just one example of the things that we love to do. Um, how do we make something interesting and hilarious and, you know, just kind of playful at the same time so that people love us? Um, and our entire social team, uh, they're all on board just to make cool things happen. It's not the fact that like um, they're trying to sell anything. Like we just want to create the best content that we can because we were never able to do so in X agency corporate styles yeah. that we used to live. There's a lot of red tape, as a lot of us probably know on that side. Uh, we decided to lift all of that and we're pushing boundaries and it's working because it seems like it's relatable. So that passion just comes from like, you know, our actual content and what we create and produce, put out there. That's such a good campaign. <laughs> yeah. I, lo I love that. I just think that's so cool. <laughs> Pretty uh, Mignon, as a brick and mortar business, um, you did talk about how you have a social media person when you were going through your team, right? Like when did you decide to prioritize that because that's not necessarily something a lot of like restaurants really pour investment into is like we got to think about our brand on instagram right but like how has that been a component of your strategy for scaling up so i hope someone listening will take um heed to what i'm getting ready to say i didn't know when that time was that time was told to me 
And so I had a young woman who was working on my team. I believe she was about 19 years old at the time. She was a freshman in college studying um, digital marketing. And one day I was passing down the hallway. Now the cupcake collection exists in the house where I raised my family. And so the the bakery was in what was formerly the family living room, which was where my ex-husband had his man cave. So cupcakes come out of a former man cave every day. And she opened the door into the hallway on the side of the house where we lived and says, hey, Mignon, you know, I know that you try to get Facebook posts done and I know that you are, you know, hitting or missing every now and then. But I think I could do better for you um, so that we can get more followers. And there's this new platform starting. It's called Instagram. And I would love to make an account for you and just begin to handle all of these social platforms for you. And I said, where can I give you the passwords? And she took over it. I never questioned it. I never checked behind her. Uh, and now she is our direct, she is directing all of our social and marketing now. So I just I think it's similar to what you're saying over at Liquid Death. You trust the people to do the work. And if you give them ownership of their own time, of their own gift and talent, they will bring to the table things that you didn't even know you needed. And I want to be a place where people can grow and become. So when it came to that, I, I never I never even wanted my own Facebook page. I had to become you know, a, a member of the community because of my business. And it just grew from there that I then end up becoming an influencer, a personality, just because people needed to see what it looked like if someone who was just like them made it. Someone who was just like them, who whose lights were being cut off, who was losing everything that they had, whose cars were being repossessed, could take the only thing they had in the world, $5, to feed their family. I gambled it. If it didn't work, my children weren't going to have food and I didn't have any more money to get them any. And so that's what we stand to represent today. Not only that place where you can learn as you grow. And I think that's the biggest thing that I keep hearing you say is that we just showed up to do something cool and to enjoy doing it. And we made sure that we were kind first. And that's, you know, similar to what we're talking about. I, I see a sign in my neighborhood that says, of all the things you can be in the world, choose to be kind. And I, I'd love that because what the world needs now is just a little bit more kindness, a little more grace, a little more joy to be offered. Like, don't, don't pander it to me. Like, don't make me beg for it, offer it. And I think that that's what, I think that's what we all just need. And so we've been able to do the same thing with joy. I've got a granddaughter who is seven years old. And when she was two, she would stand in the lobby and say, can I hug you? She would just ask customers, could she give them a hug? And those were the kinds of things that people were coming in for. When you couldn't control what was going on in your life, you could control a $3 dessert. 
like to sit down and remember the last time you had something that good, something you could be in charge of. And it's also been the thing that has kept us growing during this pandemic, during this last climate that we've been through, is that this was celebration that people could afford. And it still was able to bring people together, even though we couldn't even be in the same room. I mean, I just want to let that sit and resonate <laughs> for, for everybody who's listening right now. I hope you took a lot of notes. If you didn't, don't worry, we're recording. We'll send it to you after. Um, but that was amazing. So you're talking obviously a lot about kindness and, uh, and Natalie, one of the core values you, you walked through was kindness, right? Um, both of your perspectives, I'm curious here, like, do you find any challenge trying to foster like a, a super kind, accepting, caring culture? Um, is that at odds with trying to drive for accountability and, um, you know, performance uh, management and all of that? Can I give you one more before I throw it back to Natalie? Yeah, please. Clarity is kind. To be clear is to be kind. So if I tell you what I need from you and, and you know what that capability looks like, then that is kind. And I think that sometimes people want to lead with, you know, being nasty or catty and to hold someone accountable to what it is they've already promised you is to just be clear. And that ultimately is ultimate kindness. And I think that's what we need to change. We can be graceful in everything that, that, that we do. And that's something that we are striving for um, on our team is to handle everything with grace. God, let me walk into a room. And if they say anything about me, let them say, oh, she was graceful. I might be a little clumsy too at the same time, but I'm going to handle you and offer you grace because grace is offered, you know, unto me. Totally. And I'll back that as well. One of the reasons why I said kindness is one of our, you know, five values, but probably the first thing that we focus on as a company, um, ironically speaking, because we're supposed to be, you know, this badass company, um, is because we are sick of that corporate-like culture. We want to shift it into this new realm of what this can look like, and we have the opportunity to do so. So why not do it? Start from the ground up. Um, and I will say a huge part of executing what that kindness looks like is not the execution of it. It's the hiring process. It's actually one of our values that we live by. Um, so when I'm interviewing somebody, when our hiring managers are interviewing anybody, um, anybody on the team interviewing anybody, um, kindness is one of the factors that we take into consideration as a priority. Uh, so we've been lucky enough to build from the ground up um, and hire upon kindness. And the reason why we do that is because, you know, clarity comes with that. Authenticity comes with that. Uh, you know, being able to have that experience and understand with us that we all want to be kind to each other and we don't want to be stagnant in this old uh, culture and community that exists um, in past companies. So, yeah, why not yeah. just refresh it? There are no rules. We can do this. So, yeah. That's yeah. the way that we do it. 
kindness is the honeypot attracting people to you, right? I feel like I'm in a honeypot right now. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we actually uh, related to this. We actually just surveyed um, almost a thousand small business owners. And one of the things they said that was the hardest thing pre-pandemic was just finding time to do uh, hiring and training and all of that, right? Um, like the, the onboarding side of things. Whereas now post pandemic, the hardest thing that everybody's saying is actually finding quality candidates, like finding those right people for the right roles. Um, so I guess we've only got a couple minutes left, but I'm curious your perspectives on what you could give as advice to any of our business owners, our leaders, entrepreneurs, anybody that's tuning in right now, how to approach that challenge based on what you're doing to find and attract and retain quality candidates. Yeah, I, I mean, I can start off if you'd like me to. Please. Um, I would say, honestly, in that mindset of uh, retaining, attracting new talent, um, being rebellious, I kind of touched on this earlier, uh, in the best way possible. You know, like I said earlier, there is no, there are no rules. You're creating your own company. Um, you're building your own teams. Like, why not think philosophically about what you can do outside of the box? Um, I bring people in that have been ex-bartenders, for example, to work on our sales team, but they understand the other side. So it works out perfectly. Um, you know, they have that real life experience that they can bring into this corporate, like, we're not really, I mean, we are a corporation, but uh, this company and uh, apply what they've learned in a real life setting to do what they do. Um, so really retaining employees and everything for us is being authentic and true to ourselves and believing in the people that we hire because we did hire them for a reason to excel in what they're doing um and then attracting top talent for us i would say for business owners and everything and the like um we've actually chosen to not have mike at our mike our ceo at the forefront of the business because the brand is top priority for us like we don't want people to know that we're here like it's about this you know it's like about the funny content we create what comes out of our minds that attracts people naturally to re like getting that talent to us um so as long as the same type of people are on board then those are the types of people i'm looking for um it's kind of taking that like humble humility side and like applying it to yourself interviews can be super weird but beyond that, like I, I can see that and what that looks like in people. Um, and that's kind of what we look for. Awesome. All right. We're, we're right at the top of Mignon. Please like drop your answer. Yeah. I just don't think there's a better answer than that. And I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, attract that top, those top tier employees. I would say I'm not trying to retain mine though. Um, and that maybe that's the difference. One of the things that I do encourage my team, I don't want them to stay here forever. I want them to go out and go and become the thing that they want to be. I want to train them so that when they leave here, that the corporate ladder they're climbing, they know that I'm holding on to it so that they can climb in safety. But I'm not trying to keep them in the nest here forever. I'm trying to push them on to do other things. And hopefully, as we are putting talented people out into the world, that's showcasing to others, hey, that's the place you want to go and learn how to become. Well, I think both of those answers takes the cake. 
one 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 might say. <laughs> I have to I'm, say, I'm, listen, I'm, liquid death that that is the coolest way <laughs> to drink water. Water is generally generally all I drink, and when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, it looks to me like a beer can. And yeah. I, I think you know because I don't drink, I really have got to go get this water. <laughs> I need to grab a cupcake. Like stat, do you ship? Yes, I should. So how about I get you some cupcakes and you get me some liquid death and then we'll be best friends. Love it. I I love this. All right. I'm happy you made make the connection here. Um, Mignon, I'm actually going to be in Nashville next uh, Monday through Wednesday for a a Dave Ramsey event. So maybe we can link up. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm such a, you already know this probably. I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. So got to get you some cupcakes. All right. Well, thank you both for taking the time. um, And this was awesome. So fantastic. So thanks again for joining us on Playbook and dropping all your knowledge here. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out the manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.